0: Spider-Man,
1: he's the man. Episode 73 for July 2009. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They want to be your weekly supplier for the latest in comic and trade paperbacks. And they offer them at the lowest price possible. An example this month is Amazing Spider-Man, number 604. The cover price is two dollars and ninety-nine cents. Mail order has it for a dollar forty-nine, which is thirty-eight percent off the cover price. And they're still accepting July orders until July 28th. So get your orders in ASAP. So check them out at mailordercomics.com and tell them the crawlspace sent you. Hey there, fellow webheads. We rounded up the whole spider panel up once again, but uh, before we get into the cheesy intros, we're going to do it a bit different this time. Instead of me doing the cheesy intros, I'm having a little help. Michael and Spidey Dude,
2: take it away. All right, on the panel this week, we have Brad. Don't call me Chief Douglas. <laughs> Nice. We've got Jay, I'd pop a cap, and Kristen Shepard's ass if she ever tried to shoot me like she did the other J-R-R. <laughs> <laughs> and, I love it. And, Zach, I really like A.C. Slater over Jesse because that's how I roll joiner. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: All right, Zach, go ahead and follow- <laughs> I
3: have to follow that up. Um, and, of course, you know the man you just heard is the hardest working man in show, I mean, uh, podcasting, Mr. Mike Bailey of the Crisis to Crisis and Views of the Lombok's podcast. His uh, Thoughts can also be seen on the crawl space as flagship reviewer of The Amazing Spider-Man. He's also somewhat of a funny guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, he, and he's a pimp. And he's a no,
2: pimp. <laughs> well, pimping ain't easy. Well, yeah, I was going to say
3: he's a head ass because I was expecting him to say some smart ass comment, but, you know. <laughs> but, uh, now, and it's also time to introduce our friendly neighborhood writer, Mr. Kevin Cushing, the enforcer of the message board, a.k.a. Mr. Badass MFR, or Banff, if you will. Banff. <laughs> Mr.
1: Banff. <laughs> I'm
4: I Mike love crawler. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and, of course, the woman who always seems to bust my balls and likely will do it again, Spider Girl, a.k.a.
2: Stella. <laughs>
1: yeah how was that, that? Is that I, uh,
2: mixing it up a little bit I have to say uh, uh, Zach that was an impressive game show host voice that he had going there I, I'm not kidding either that was kind of cool that was it's really impressive is that's just his regular voice
1: <laughs> see this is what a new microphone will do to Zach he's suddenly uh <laughs> Alex Trebek.
2: Uh, intelligible
1: Oh. Anyway,
2: we're gonna we're gonna
1: hit the reviews up of Amazing Spider-Man 596, 597, and 598. Did you hear that? I just got the reins back. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna do the reviews kind of like the intro. We're gonna do it a little bit different. I listened to the show last month and I thought we rambled too much. Damn it! It's all my fault. So we're going It's all your fault. <laughs> we're gonna do uh, the reviews a little different from here on out. We're gonna do uh, bullet points. We're gonna do a couple of likes, a couple of dislikes, and a grade, and get out. So let's start with 596. Uh, has a Venom and Spider-Man cover, and it's American Sun Part Two of Five. And let's go to since it's a Norman centric miniseries. Jr., you start off, sir. 596. What do you think?
5: Uh, well, as I go through this uh, reviews, I'm hoping not to uh, duplicate uh, Michael Bailey's excellent uh, reviews of Amazing because he's hit on a number of the uh, pros and cons so far of American Sun. Uh, Mm -hmm. Number 596, uh, in my opinion, has been the weakest of the uh, arc so far. And, um, I mean, I've got a number of dislikes about it. Um, I'll try to limit myself here to... just one um i really i mean i really don't like jjj senior anymore and this really? sob story about all oh, the military you know i desert yeah i deserted but it was because my wife was dying and i stroked her hair as she died i mean my <laughs> god you know, we were talking about soap opera elements, I think, in our last podcast. I mean, this is a soap opera element to, uh, to beat the band. I mean, he's just too good to be true. He's too nice. Every posit- every potential negative has a silver lining. Get this guy out of here. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, my positive, and I, there really weren't too many positives. I said I had more negatives, but I know that you guys will touch on the negatives, uh, more of the negatives. Uh, I am starting to like Nora. Walters quite a bit. Um, Peter Parker does not need, Peter Parker needs a girl who is goofy, who is flighty, uh, and who is less serious than he is because, I mean, that's it. He's Mr. Serious. And that was the role that Mary Jane served for a long time until, you know, bad writing turned her into Mrs. Spider-Man. Uh, you know, I, I like the fact that Nora just has absolutely no idea about the evil that she is walking into. She thinks she's yeah. going to get some kind of um, expose on this corrupt businessman political leader. I mean, she just has absolutely no idea uh, how how evil Norman Osborne is. So, I mean, yeah. I, I like the character, and I, and I like her. I like her uh, naivete. Uh, so that's my that's my pro. Overall, I give this a C minus because overall, I C felt, minus. yo oh, yeah, I felt it had a lot. A lot more, you know, I had to dig to come up with the strength, and I could ramble about the weaknesses. So that's (laughs) my grade.
1: All right, Zach, with your new microphone, 596. Um, To 8, Mike, a little bit.
3: Uh, Remember when I gave 595 an A last month? Okay. Yeah, not so much here. (laughs) Um, The thing I I liked most about this issue was was Peter using his brain. Um, I think... You know, finally, you know, coming up with an idea to get in and try to get back at Norman. That's it's for the first time in a long time. Peter doesn't look like a tool here, (laughs) and so uh, the venom mask slash disguise idea was good. Um, I really like Nora because she kind of represents the uh, naive aspect of the Marvel universe and how naive the Marvel universe really is. The the average citizens that is. And uh, so that, that's a very interesting aspect of her character, um, but my my severe dislike was the hooker scene. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's a first. <laughs> oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> sorry, well, I'm sorry. Sorry.
3: I know. Um, but uh, the hooker scene uh, was it was tacky. I mean, you could you could have done it a lot more tastefully. Or you can go this route. And, and and my question is... So,
1: Hooker, how tasteful you got to be? Oh, yeah,
3: there's not a whole... <laughs> <laughs> trust me. Uh, what, but my question is... <laughs> oh, as if you know, right?
1: <laughs> uh, hey, I work, at a, uh,
3: I work at a truck stop. Uh, uh. Uh, Keep going. <laughs> uh, but my question is, is what happened to all ages? Uh, I thought Amazing Spider-Man was supposed to be, you know, more relatable and more, you know, kid-friendly.
1: We'll hit on that later. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But okay, so that's your that, that's your dislike. Uh, what's your like of it?
3: Uh, well, my like was him using his brain and Nora. Oh,
1: okay, got gotcha. you. And what's your grade? My
3: grade is a C minus. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Jr. Uh, the, the, I don't like the artists throughout this arc. The inconsistency of the artwork. Um, that that's another big dislike
1: of the overall arc so far. Okay. Stella, what do you think? Likes and dislikes.
0: Um. Well, shockingly, I'm gonna have to disagree with uh, Jr. and Zach. And I actually thought this was the strongest of the three this month. Um, my first like, I guess, is that I like how Harry has it seems finally grown from a selfish man behaving like a child to a man who actually is taking responsibilities. So instead of sort of groveling, he's actually gonna do something about um. Lily Hollister and um maybe try to find a way out of this. Uh, my other like is instead of looking at um, JJJ Sr.'s uh, story as a sob story, I sort of saw this as the writer's actually starting to delve into his character, which I finally liked. And the same with Nora, giving her actual role instead of like one bubble for an entire issue. So those two things that I really liked. Um, the one thing I did not like was actually the horse scene again. Um, I just, it, it seemed really tasteless for some reason. And then it just seemed like Sue's comment was just like not even batting an eyelash. Oh, I'll get her to a clinic. Like, it didn't seem like there was feeling in there at all. Or that, oh, that poor soul, I'll I'll help her out somehow. Um, overall, I would give it a B+. Um, I just, yeah, I really like the idea of getting into uh, characters. I guess J.J.J. Sr. is not um, a critical character, but for being such a mystery for the past two months, I'm glad that we finally uh, get some light shed on him.
1: Yep. Uh, Kev, hit it up. What do you think? Uh, I think my greatest dislike of this issue
4: was the Spider-Man Venom fight. Um, My Gargan Venom is such a freaking punk. I mean, this is... (laughs) The first time that I can remember that there has been a Spider-Man versus Matt Gargan Venom fight just solo one-on-one since that first one in Marvel Knight's Spider-Man. And in that one, it only took him, I counted, eight panels total to take down Venom. And now yeah. this second time they're going after each other, it's its supposed to be Spider-Man versus Venom. And he's just, he's got it. You know, Venom's not a problem. We, we got this. I called Sue Storm. It's all good. No worries. Bullseye's not even going to notice there's a freaking fight going on. And it's just, Venom is supposed to be a better villain than this, and Matt Gargan has definitely been dressed down to being a complete punk, and this is why I don't like the Matt Gargan Venom. So, mm-hmm. that is my big dislike of the issue. I've got a few others, but we'll forget them. Um,
1: I did like you know,
4: the ending. You know, I
1: hit, hit the likes, yeah.
4: Yeah, I did like the ending. Um mm-hmm. Maybe I'd just been avoiding previews and spoilers and such, but I was genuinely surprised with uh, Spider-Man getting in this new costume and going in as Venom. I thought that was... Uh, it was a very interesting way to take it, and definitely had a lot of potential. Uh, overall, the issue was not great, but it didn't manage to kill my enjoyment of the arc. Overall, I'm going to give it a C C+. Okay,
1: Mr. Bailey. Um, kind of
2: alright, right? yours, but reiterate, sir. I, I, I like Nora as well. I I think yeah. she's you know uh, you know everyone's kind of talking about the fact that she's you know becoming her own character, but she's just so damn adorable at the same time of how she's playing, that poor security guard. Uh, I kind of liked the conversation between Jonah and Peter. I think it brought them together. Uh, My main dislike, though, was the booger of death. (laughs) uh, No, seriously, I got to that, and it it ruined the issue for me, and I don't have that happen often. But, you know, I, I didn't like the prostitute thing either. I thought that was tasteless and really out of place in a book. That you know is supposed to be all ages. I'm not saying you can't explore mature themes, but you know the book. You know, Bullseye killed something, killed a rat with a piece of dried snot, and that <laughs> is that's not even funny. That's funny on a <laughs> poor rat level which is just not funny at all.
1: Refresh me. What did he do with the prostitute again? I I
2: read it, but I don't really remember it being that offensive. He was going to kill the prostitute. Apparently, every once in a while, Matt Garten likes to just go out, get a pro, and and kill her, and I guess eat her, Okay. uh, since he's talking about spinal fluid. And it's just, yeah, it shows what evil people they are, but at the same time, I don't need to freaking see it. So yeah. uh, I give this uh, I give this a D plus. It, it was okay. really almost ruined the entire story for me.
1: Uh, I guess I'm giving the highest grade. I'm giving it an A. Uh, I loved it. I I thought uh, the conversation with J. Jonah Senior was nice. I mean it, it humanized the guy. I just hope he's uh, not going to be a throwaway character, which I I sadly think he might be. Also, the real quick out, quick takeout of Venom was one of my favorites. I mean he just put his ass in place. He used his brains. He took him out of the, I mean, he just put him in a invisible box or whatever it was. Or, no, something that Reed Richards designed. I thought that was really smart. He doesn't use his brain enough, and I thought this was a great example of him doing it. Uh, I'm with Mike, the the bullseye booger. (laughs) How much is a piece of snot really gonna kill somebody? It's just gonna piss him off. I mean... That really, I, I went ooh, but it, I probably went was supposed to go ooh. Well, when but. you think about it, not only do we have the Green
5: Goblin in this issue, but now we have the Nose Goblin. So, <laughs> oh, I mean,
1: nice, nice, the Nose Goblin. <laughs> uh, still, that didn't take away. Maybe an A, A minus. I'd give it an A minus. So that's my take. 597, uh, we've got uh, Spider-Man getting his ass kicked with the, in a red suit. Hmm, that's kind of strange on the cover. 597, let's start off with Stella. What'd you think of this one?
0: Um, well, I liked it a little bit less uh, than the other one, um, but still, it's good all the same. I'll probably wrap up, you know, 598. I'll say why I'm so shocked. But uh, for the pro, I was just really happy that it's not easy for Spidey to infiltrate. I think past issues um, infiltrated the tower, I guess, to be more specific. Because I think past issues, it would have been really easy for him to get in and be undetected. And I thought that's the way it was going. But then all of a sudden, you see Wolverine's um, son, like, really come at him. And, you know, did you not realize I knew who you were? And then Norman, at the end, he knew right from the very beginning. So I did enjoy that aspect. Um, Mm -hmm. The comment I had was the two random pages about doc ock um oh yeah
1: Yeah. i'm
0: just like randomly let's throw these two pages in there to mess people up and so i kind of like these two pages and then you get back to the story and i just thought that was very weird i'm fine with doc ock being in there not for two pages and seeming just as superfluous and not really at all interconnected uh so i would give that being in
4: there what what remind me what did he do
0: um, he was he was just going back and forth. He's like, should I do a good thing or should I do a bad thing? A good thing or a bad thing? It's just There's showing these multiple yeah. um, uh, views, and it starts zooming in. Sort of, it goes from New York City into like this office, and then further and further, and then you see his tentacles. But he all of a sudden he decides on am most definitely something great instead of doing something terrible. So yep. they were um, setting
1: up 600. I think they I don't had a. Remember of that at 600. all?
0: Yeah. yeah, See, that doesn't even yeah it doesn't even work and it's odd because it's somehow entwined with aunt may and jjj because the power goes off and you see his little octobots messing with that so you're wondering if something's going to happen with aunt may um yeah but i just thought that was very random uh so i would give it a b i just thought it was a good spy issue i just really enjoyed um spidey trying to um play bad that was funny to watch
2: uh, Michael, what do you think? Um, this is going to sound really bizarre. Uh, my favorite thing about this issue, outside of the fact that I did think it was a lot better than the last one, is I really liked the ads. Uh, they had Hulk and Thing playing Punch-Out, which was kind of cool. There <laughs> there's they, a lot of good Marvel
1: ads this month, wasn't there?
2: And then they had that Power Man and Iron Fist ad from 1984, yeah. which I vividly remember seeing. Uh, me too. So, so that kind of took me bad. Uh, I Overall, this felt like the middle chapter of the story. I'm sure if it's read with all the other issues in one sitting, it won't feel like that. But this felt like clock in time until we get to the next big reveal. Uh, my, my positive would be uh, having Harry turn on Peter and then Norman shooting him. That was a really dramatic way to end the issue. Uh, my negative would be I hate docking. Uh, I, I hate his very existence <laughs> in, in yeah. Marvel. Uh, I I really think he's the most worthless character to come out of uh, the last couple of years at Marvel, which is kind of saying a lot. So, uh, I, you know, at the end, I'm gonna have to give it a B minus, leaning more towards a C plus because it was enjoyable, but just not really all that. No pun intended. Spectacular.
1: There you go, uh, Kev. Well, What'd um, you think of the Doc Ock scene, Kev? No, just <laughs> I don't think a damn
4: thing. I think it's been
1: <laughs> OMD'd out of my memory. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice reference.
4: <laughs> I, my biggest dislike of this issue and something that just kinda struck me really badly was especially like for those first couple of pages you have Spider Man as Venom having all these bleeped out words and making sexual comments to Miss Marvel and Pretty much generally being offensive, and then he has this little thought bubble saying like, "Oh, the best thing about impersonating Venom is I get to curse in public." And like, <laughs> what, what the hell kind of a book are we writing? It's like they said with the hooker scene last uh, in the last issue. Wasn't this supposed to be more accessible, more you know, bringing the kids all ages? And what we're telling the kids is, cursing in public's really fun if you can get away with it. It just, it didn't sit right for me. and It didn't seem like Spider-Man's character. I just that one hit me really wrong. Um, the positive, I liked having Spider-Man having a one-on-one fight with the Ken. It's always fun to have Spidey fight people that we you know never really would have expected him to fight before. I think when the Ken was first introduced, he's the last person that anybody would expect Spider-Man to be fighting.
1: Who's Ken? Oh, Docin. Dakin. Oh, okay. What what is it? How do you say his name? I say Dakin.
4: I don't think we have any official way you're supposed to pronounce it. We uh, just all read okay. it how we want to. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to me, it always looked like Dakin. Um okay. But yeah, I thought that was that was a good point of the issue, and that was fun overall. I'll give it a B minus. It was a uh, pretty entertaining chapter, but nothing too nothing too big, and yeah, that that one detraction really did jar me and kind of take me out of it a little bit.
1: Okay,
3: Zach? Well, I like the duck arc scene, you know, because apparently Kevin forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was probably my biggest like of the scene because we're actually getting some more, you know, my, my, my biggest gripe is the forward mo- momentum thing, and I that, that was what I, well, that was my biggest like. Um, but my dislike was, um, the you know, where, if you wanted to uh, say his name, like, you know, Barbie's former lo- boyfriend or whatever,
1: Duckhead. So much, it's easier to call him Dark Wolverine. Yeah. There you go. Well,
3: I, I don't want to call him Dark Wolverine. I want to call him Bastard Wolverine because that's what he is. Okay, Wolverine's bastard son gets his ass kicked. I love it. All right. I'll take this real guy over this douche. And and, and it's finally good to see that, you know, Peter's not just a, limp, a
1: limp-wristed pussy to steal uh, J.R.'s line. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Soon to be on t-shirts across the country. J.R. Fettinger, there you go. (laughs) Uh, I was
3: really irked with Norman shooting Peter.
1: It really irked me. Uh, If it were that easy,
3: it would have been done a long time ago. I mean, it's just, it doesn't fit Norman to me. Norman's like one of those guys. He would he would be like more into Japanese, uh, Chinese water, water torture, where you get the little you know drip hitting your hitting your forehead. That's what I that's what I view Norman doing because that that's how sick and twisted he is. Not just pulling out a gun and busting a cap in somebody's ass. So
4: <laughs>
3: you know, uh, but I like the artwork a little better this issue. Um, so I'm going to give it a B minus because sure. um, yeah. Alright, JR, we had a lot of Norman in this
1: issue,
5: 597. Yeah, we did, didn't we? And, uh, I, uh, I actually, my pro is Norman shooting Spidey in the face. I mean, (laughs) because, because because once it it turns, it turns the whole superhero-supervillain confrontation convention on its head. I mean, if you remember, The first time Norman and Peter were face-to-face back in Amazing Spider-Man number 40, basically Norman told him his evil plan, and then he started (laughs) saying, oh, I'm such a pathetic person, I was a bad father, and he keeps going and going and going. (laughs) Meanwhile, Peter's starting to free himself, and then he gets free, and then we have the big fight. Well, none of that this time. Pull out the gun and blast him. I mean, Norman, I mean, I I know that Norman is an evil guy who likes to torture, likes to manipulate, but think about it. He's got a history with this guy. This guy has constantly tormented him, escaped his clutches, wiggled out of things. By God, Norman's not going to have it anymore. Boom! Boom! So I, I real I really did like that. Uh, it's not typical Norman, but I think it kind of emphasizes that he has just had enough of this guy, and here he uh, here he is, you know, actually arrogantly presuming that he can walk in right under Norman's nose and not be recognized. So I, I yeah. did like that. Um, my con, and I don't want to—I mean, I don't want to dwell on it too much. I did not like the maid, uh, Jonas Senior interlude because apparently not only is he this poor, pathetic, tortured soul, but he's also really a horny old bastard because he <laughs> helped, because he tells May, or I could help you relax.
0: Well,
3: <laughs> I mean, Jesus
5: Christ!
3: Oh, oh, hey, hey, it barely, you-
5: it barely works. At, oh, come on, it barely works after forty. God, God knows how limp it's got to be at 7. Oh, Lord have uh, mercy. Hey, hey, hey. Mark. Hey, so,
3: the J- so I, did, I, did, I didn't like that scene. J.R., that's why they created Viagra. And it gets worse if you read the annual. Just saying.
1: <laughs> oh, I haven't read the answer yet. I haven't yet, man. either
3: yet, so. Man.
1: What if you, what if you mixed Viagra with the mutant growth hormone? Oh you? my god. Oh
5: jeez. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, <laughs> really put you in a 12 inch scarlet spider then. <laughs> Yeah,
0: maybe then it wouldn't be a myth.
1: Then it wouldn't be a one. A myth. Oh, there you go. <laughs> myth, myth, yeah, myth. B- because I'm
3: um, still a We're
1: running So JR, what's your grade on that one? Five Oh well, I give
5: this one a B. Okay.
1: Uh, who haven't I hit? Michael? D- who didn't I hit? You hit everybody but you. Oh, except me. Okay. Uh, 597 likes. I love the sneaking in the tower. Uh, him trying to protect Norman and the uh, the cliffhanger. I mean, him shooting him in the damn head is typical Norman. I mean, th- Norman. Um, he's he's in a, a place of power. He's in every damn Marvel comic, and he wants to stay there. And taking out this bastard who he's been fighting for ten years right in the head is so what norman would do i think uh the impact the uh i thought the cliffhanger was great but the impact i think is uh diminished a little bit by this weekly schedule like by the time i put that issue down and i read the next one was all of 30 seconds cuz i get my books all at once but uh if you had to wait 30 days i i think it'd be a little bit more of a cliffhanger how's he getting out of getting shot in the face i think that's great uh the cover was a bit deceptive. Why didn't they uh, give, what's his name, Jimenez, a heads up that Spider-Man's in a black suit. I just, I don't know. Uh, still, this is getting an A out of me. I, I haven't enjoyed Amazing since, uh, I guess, Flash Thompson uh, this much. I mean, I read all three of these at once. I put them down. I'm like, this is Spider-Man. This is what I want to read every month. I don't want bullshit stories uh, with uh, anti-venom and all that Stuff in the middle of it. I want Norman and Spider-Man going at it, and this was typical Norman and Spider-Man. So A out of me, two A's out of me this month, gang. You believe that? Yes. Yeah, you probably... yeah, we do. Because <laughs> you're Because <probably> <laughs> I'm easy, like Sunday morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Five ninety-eight is uh, a very beautiful cover uh. of a uh, pregnant menace. And since Stella is groaning already, Stella, go ahead. What do you think, Five Nights Um, Zero?
0: My gosh, my con definitely would be that cover. And I remember when the slits came out, and I think I raised hell over on the message boards. I'm like, this is the dumbest idea ever. I can't believe they're doing this. Um, but despite my initial thoughts, American Son has turned out to be actually a pretty solid miniseries. Or, well, I mean, I guess... Um, just a chapter in Spider-Man's life. And I would almost say that it was better than, um, what was that? Um, oh, dear. The one with Norman and.
1: Oh, uh, with Romita, Jr.? Yeah. Uh, New Ways to Die, is Yeah, that it?
0: I think yeah, that okay. this one is kind of turning out. It seems like it's more solidly written than that one. Um, and let's see, my so the, my pro right there is that. You know, it surprised me, and I was happy with it. Um, My other pro is the fact that um, Harry becomes American's son, but for good reasons, rather than following what his father wants. So this could be an awesome smackdown between father and son, so I'm waiting for that. And um, I guess the one thing I didn't like was the... Oh, the fact that the Lily Osborne relationship, um, Lily Norman, to be specific, is just too reminiscent of Terra and Deathstroke from Teen Titans. So I just can't. Yeah. I just feel like they're copying that, and so I just can't get that out of my mind. I wish they would have done something more creative than that. So I think that's my biggest um, thing against it. So I would give it a B as well.
1: Okay, uh, Jr. Let's hit you up. Five okay. ninety eight.
5: All right, um, probably no surprise. I'm a broken record. My but my pro this month is uh, or this issue is Norman just wailing on Spidey at the very end. I mean his he has totally wigged out like we know he's capable of, and he's just displaying all of his murderous, rambling, psychotic rage, and he's just mm-hmm. taking it out on on the man he hates most in the world. Uh, you know, and then, of course, he just keeps saying all these evil things like, I'm going to kill and torture your family, but I'm going to let them know why. <laughs> oh, <just laughs> great supervillain shit. I mean, Norman is <laughs> the man. Uh, my big con, and that is kind of, um, I alluded to it, uh, I think maybe even in one of an earlier podcast, and I know that Michael even alludes to it in uh, his reviews, is that Spider-Man no longer seems to be the prime mover of the series events, particularly in this arc, uh, really the hero of the story is not Peter; it's Harry. I mean, it's Harry who's who's manning up. It's Harry who's facing his demons. It's Harry who's facing finally standing up to the man who's intimidated him all these years. You know, Spider-Man just spent the whole issue being tortured and and maimed, and uh, you know he's lying on the floor in a in a pool of his own blood. So, uh, you know, and and I just feel that throughout all of One More Day, I mean, Spider-Man has really been a, a, a one of the least interesting characters because he doesn't, I mean, I, I, it's kind of hard to explain. I mean, knowing now that the character is going to be perpetually Archie Andrews, and he's never going to age, he's never going to mature, he's never going to progress. He's a boring character. And... Um, I feel that uh, really his place, at least in this arc, is being usurped by Harry. And I think that's a big – I mean, it's a great story. It's probably my favorite story since One More Day began. Uh, It's a great story, but uh, it doesn't really bode well, really, for the long-term health of the series. So I would say that's my major con. Um, uh, I would give the – I, I'm not going to touch on the the Norman impregnating Lily thing. Uh,
1: Why, I thought you would. I thought you would. Well, I, I you know I want to. He, you he's a potent he's a potent bastard. Yeah, yeah
5: he? he is, isn't he? I uh, <laughs> want. To, I mean, you wanted these to be short, sweet, and succinct. Uh, first of all, I don't think Norman had sex with Lily. I think he just impregnated her. I mean, Norman like Michael
1: Michael Jackson style. Yeah,
5: yeah. <laughs> oh, so. I knew we were going <laughs> to bring that
1: name up. Uh, Jeez. So, Jeez. But, uh,
5: couldn't have, I mean you couldn't have just let something some kind of media presentation go by without a mention mentioning
1: Michael Jackson. That damn media, I'm part of it. Uh, I'm sorry, JR. <laughs> but
5: uh I you know, I um I don't think Norman had sex with Lily. Uh Norman has already admitted that he does not love uh you know, he thinks it's a weakness. Um I think that uh but I do think that uh, he is intent on propagating himself and he always has a backup plan. Uh, he doesn't have much faith in his grandson. Uh, his other son is a complete lunatic. Uh, and his daughter right now is MIA. So, hell, why not try again? So,
1: anyway. Yep. Yep. Uh, what was your grade again? B+. Plus. B+. Plus. Okay. Uh, Kev? Um, my big dislike is kind of more
4: for all three issues, but I'm saying it for this one because this is the culmination. Um, Nora even though everybody was saying with the with 596 that they were liking Nora better i used to like nora and now i'm liking her a lot less because it just seems like the worst male writer portrayal of feminism in that way of i'm a strong powerful woman and i'm going to show that by being a complete moron she just <laughs> rushes right in you know doesn't listen to Peter because, you know, he's a man and I don't need a man because I'm a I'm a woman, hear me freaking roar, and then, you know, in a little <laughs> while, I'll hear me whimper when they kill me. So she's just <laughs> running right in there being a complete dipshit and all putting <laughs> it under the name of feminism, and that just seems like a really... You can tell it was written by a male writer because it's so one-note and so freaking stupid. So that's pretty much ruining any like I have for the Nora character. Okay. Um, my positive bunch of people have touched on already, uh, is Harry becoming a hero, and I like that Harry's character is being explored a little more, and unlike J.R., I think it's good for the long-term strength of the series that we have uh, developing such interesting, complex characters in the supporting cast. Sure, Spider-Man needs to be interesting, but in the long run, we're talking about thousands of issues have been published of Spider-Man comics, and sometimes you really need to feature that supporting cast if you want them to be healthy and help the book go on. Like when Flash Thompson was the star of that great issue last year, Spider-Man's still there, but yeah, this is turning into more of a Harry story, but I like Harry. I like what they're doing with him. I think they're developing him very well, and I think him turning into more heroic tendencies, while I don't think it's going to last necessarily, has some interesting character possibilities. I, I don't like the whole American Sun thing, but that's tangential. Um... I will give this issue a solid B+.
1: Okay. Sorry, I, I put my m- microphone on mute. I'm eating Cheez-Its. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This hour's sponsor
3: sp- of the podcast is <laughs> Cheez-Its.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Hey, quit with that announcer voice, damn it. <laughs> uh, Zach, go ahead. What'd you, what'd, what uh, is your thoughts? Pardon me while I go on mute for more Cheez-Its.
3: Um, my, uh, my pro is Peter's not dead. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I like this issue because we're finally moving again. There's, I, I felt like the uh, speed and the pacing of uh, of the past two issues was kind of slow, and uh, you know, I, I find I like that we're finally moving again. Uh, Lily's a bitch, and Harry grows some balls, and and uh, Pierre gets his ass kicked by Norman for once. Um, my big con is um, apparently uh, Norman's libido is just off the charts, because, I mean, he's carrying Norman's, she's carrying Norman's baby, and uh, if, and all the detractors are going to be yelling, we've seen this already before, but um, I, want, I just want Crawl Space Harry to kick 616 Norman's ass, all right, <laughs> cut off his head, shit, I mean, for God's sake, just cut off his head and just kick his ass, all right, um, and our, it's also our third artist for the arc, and I think that's a new land speed record. Three artists for one arc. So, uh, you know, I give this, I give this one a B because of the forward momentum and, and Harry growing some balls and Peter getting his ass kicked by Norman.
2: (laughs) There you go. Uh, Michael, what do you think? I'm gonna echo the ugly Demi Moore-like cover. Almost lost my lunch there. Uh, (laughs) Beyond that, I I really like the issue. Uh, I enjoyed the dialogue. Between Peter and Norman, and Peter and Bullseye, and the and the setup he put Bullseye through, and the and the verbal takedown, I thought was one of the highlights of the issue. Uh, I, I liked the Lily and Harry twist, even though I, I kind of saw it coming. The previous issue, when it dawned on me, Norman knocked her up, but you know, the, nice to be right. About that for once, I actually think that Norman did have sex with her because when you think what a magnificent bastard he is, he would be the type to have sex with the fiance of his own son just to prove what a jackass he truly is. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm gonna kind of disagree with Kevin. I, I I thought Nora was doing what a lot of characters do, male and female in comics. So I I, I see your point, but I I slightly disagree with it. Uh, and, and I really liked the the ending. I, I didn't really have a negative in this in this issue, um, besides the ugly cover, which is why I gave it a B plus. Uh,
1: my my like is kind of similar to Michael because we're separated by birth like them.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> I, I I think Joe Kelly nails Spider Man's quips. I, I wrote down a couple of them. Quote from Spider-Man, I'm freelancing as a talent scout, and I think Harry would make a great poster child for our new hair products. <laughs> Can't top that line. I just think that's, that's great. Him tormenting Bullseye, and the Bullseye is a douche. I just freaking love that.
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, was was I the only one sa- saying it out loud? Were, were you guys doing it? Because I didn't get it right away. I'm like, Bullseye is a. I I had dude. to,
2: I will admit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, um Kev, you'll probably... Uh, I wanted to ask you about this right when I read it. I'm like, when uh, Spider-Man's talking to Norman, he was like, Harry is your only son. And then and Norman goes, is he? Now, was he referencing uh, Lily or was he referencing the, uh, the Gwen Stacy
4: I think twins? he had to be referencing Lily, which pissed me off because he, yeah. he wouldn't be saying, is he? Because Peter <laughs> should know all about yeah. Gabriel and Sarah, although apparently they've been OMD'd out. Which pisses me right off. But hey, I get to now say Crawl Space, your only home for the Stacey twins.
1: <laughs> yeah. See I, I, I took I, I did I think they left it open for interpretation. I, I think they, that was like a nugget. I don't know. See, I don't I think took there it. was a whole lot of open for interpretation because you have Norman
4: hmm. and Peter the two that should know most about these kids. You have yeah. Peter saying he's your only son, even though it was not that long ago that Peter met his other two children and Norman saying is he which like i said if he's trying to be playful then it's got to be talking about lily cuz that's the only one that would be a question mark
1: well as jr says we're too old we shouldn't know well no
3: that. i mean i mean <laughs> to to kind of interject here you also got to realize yeah. that there's a little easter egg with the american sun prototype stuff and it, it said g stacy which Except- you have a dude
1: I am 100 Where? Where? I, I
4: percent sure that was a reference to the in-joke that Steve Wacker and a couple of the, quote, webheads made about they wanted to create Glenn Stacy. Oh,
1: so, Glenn. Well, oh, nice. I don't oh, think nice. – I think
4: the fact that Gabriel's name starts with a G is a complete coincidence, and they didn't even remember that.
1: Anyway, that's my my likes. I, I, I just think the writing. Joe Kelly, I was a little disappointed with the Hammerhead arc. I think the artwork had a lot to do with that. And the stinky homeless lady. Uh, but uh, I think this one he's knocking it out of the park. Uh, dislikes. Um, where does the baby go when she transforms? I don't get it. I mean, huh? It becomes her big-ass horns. <laughs>
2: and
1: she's horny. Uh, God, I, I, I don't get it. I don't know where the baby goes, but I'm talking about a dude that crawls walls. So in for a penny, in for a pound. Uh, grade A again out of me. You're not, I'm not disappointed all this month. So that wraps up the reviews. I think, did I hit everybody up? Yeah. yeah Look, at Look at that. Look at that. All right. Gang, that was pretty good. I liked the new format. I thought we did great. We did uh, terrible. Another we, you guys suck. Uh, <laughs> ass clown. We're moving on to another topic. Who called me an ass
2: clown? Wait a minute. I, I can't let that go. Uh, to, to, well, to, to be perfectly honest, I was I was call, calling everyone ass clowns. But that's okay. just Including ass clowns. yourself, right, Mike? Yeah, exactly. We're, we're related, oh, I may, Michael, if I didn't laugh at myself, clowns. I'd die. There <laughs> you go.
1: Uh, moving on to another topic. Uh, pretty much, this is going to make, uh, this is made Spidey Dudes. Month, uh,
2: the Clone year. Saga
1: is huh. coming back, and um, uh, Mackey and uh, Defalco are going to write a six-issue mini-series. Uh, I talked to the two guys yesterday, and you can see the podcast up on the main page. And some of the news that came out in that podcast, I found out that uh, if sales warrant, Ben Riley could have a solo book. So he, uh, Mackie and DeFalco put out a challenge to all those Ben Riley, Riley fans that have been complaining for 15 years. <laughs> put your money where your mouth is. They'll write a solo book if it warrants the sales. So, uh, all you, right, Zach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm great.
3: And, and mm-hmm. you know, just just to kind of give a little bit of back story on this, I was one of the first websites to break the story as it was announced. So uh, it was before News Ram and CBR. So I am very kind of I'm kind of proud of that. Uh, I want to thank the uh, loyal message board guys. For finding it for me because I don't do French, which is where it first broke. <laughs> now,
1: what I heard about that French hooker. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, but I like it. Sorry, I, I, I
3: like what's I like. The potential this has. I mean, I like the artists. I like the writers. These guys have some, and these guys have some good things to say. And it's extremely nice to see these guys working on Spidey again. So, uh, you know, I, I trust that the story is going to be doing well. And. Um, Unlike my disappointment for the annual, but uh, I'm really excited for the prospect of Ben Riley coming back. I I, I mean it, it's and when he said alternate universe, what about six one six? I was like, oh. ah, yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, the the book is allegedly taking place in the past and the present, so that's a plus. And also, Baby May Defalco didn't come out and say it, but he kind of hinted that yes, Baby May is going to be in the in the book. Also, uh, Kev, I made your day. Mackie is considering pitching a Morbius uh, title to Marvel. What do you think of that?
4: Uh, much like Zach, that would pretty much make my entire year. I, mean, I like any Morbius project, <laughs> but, you know, if these guys were to be the ones to do it, that would be just fantastic. I mean, Mackie wrote some great Morbius stuff with his Peter Parker Spider-Man uh, several years ago, pre-reboot, and whew, that that would be a dream come true for me.
1: And it looks like uh, Spider-Girl is getting rebooted yet again in uh, a web of Spider-Man anthology, um, probably because that, that family book sells so horribly. Like, they introduced her mid-story, or mid-run. Well, so. and I think it's really ironic that we
3: have a book that's getting, that, a canceled book that's saving a canceled title.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just
3: completely ironic to yeah. me, and uh, I'm very happy to see, to see that it's coming. Yeah, the, I mean, it, it got reported by Rich Johnson on bleedingcool.com, his new website, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I was – and, you know, we don't have the little traffic lights like uh, lying in the gutters used to have, so we really couldn't tell what the story was true. I mean, it, according to – I mean, the details that he gave were – it sounded pretty reliable, and then when Tom uh, mentioned it earlier this week, I just had to ask the question <laughs> – um, to Tom and and, and uh, Howard, and if you haven't listened to, to that podcast yet, I would recommend it. It's fantastically fantastic. <laughs> well,
1: thank you. Um, look, J.R., what do you think of this news? I know you're not the biggest uh, Clone Saga fan.
5: Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm intrigued by it. Uh, unfortunately, I probably won't be picking it up right away because of, you know 3.99 a pop. I just uh, I've I've stated my opinion of the 3.99 comics. Um, I'm, but I am intrigued. Uh, the Clone Saga is a major uh, part of Spider-Man's life. Uh, you know, regards to what we think, what we might think of it and, and how it turned out. You don't forget events of that magnitude. And you know, Marvel basically has been you know forgetting it. They, they they've been hoping that we forget it, <laughs> but uh, but now it, apparently it's coming back. And I'm I am curious. Uh, I'll probably burn steal it uh, to right. see where it goes.
1: And, and they talked a bit about. Uh, why I talked to Tom about Baby May, and his original intention wasn't to kill the baby. He thought a natural progression of the character was to give responsibility to Spider Man of being a father, which I think is a natural progression.
3: Well, and that's that's something that's defined Tom DeFalco's runs on various Spider-Man books. He's all about the progression of Peter Parker, whereas we're not seeing that as much. We're seeing a progression of Harry's character, like in the current arc, but not really of Peter Parker. Um, I I, I, I mean, Spider-Girl really is the the culmination of of, uh, DeFalco's run on Amazing Spider-Man pre-reboot. And I think he finally has gotten to tell the story that he's wanted to tell uh, about Peter Parker. So... I'm excited to see Baby May back in the books, and well, I mean there's a shock ending, so we don't know what the ending is and we don't and he didn't they definitely didn't want to give it give anything away on the ending, so I'm very, very excited for issues i'll be I'm gonna be excited for every issue, but especially for issue six
1: cool. Uh, Mike, what do you think of it? Were you reading back when the Clone Saga was uh, going on f- no, about 15 years uh, ago? No,
2: I, I wasn't. I, I want to read those issues. Uh, yeah. I have some of them. I, I am picking up the the miniseries though, mainly yeah. to support Mackie and DeFalco, uh, yeah. and also because I I like what if type stories. Like you know this this is how they wanted it to happen, uh, yeah. and and more than anything, I'm just I'm just I'm just happy for Zach. And, and, and <laughs> oh, I, I am too, actually. I no, to. I'm serious. I I have always been of the type of person that even if I don't particularly care for something, or if I'm not like jumping up and down about it, uh, if somebody else likes something, then you know I, I'm excited for them. It's the same thing with Stella, Stella in the new Batgirl title. Uh, I right. hope that she likes it, and I hope that it's good enough for her.
1: Well, the good thing is that the two so that you don't really need to know any of the history. To read the miniseries, so you can hop in right where it is. Yeah, so.
3: and, and it appeals to all five demographics, as, as Tom Defalco has laid out: the ones that loved yeah. it, the ones that hated it, the ones that have never heard of it, uh, and want to want to check it out and are intrigued. And well, I, I hope there's, I hope it sells well.
2: That is an Still, interesting point, Zach. I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah. but you know, for a lot of readers, they have no idea what this is.
3: Yeah, no, they've
2: heard of it and they've heard overly bad things about about it uh on the whole. So Mm -hmm. it is going to be kind of interesting to see uh a new generation's reaction to it. As
1: I I was telling the two guys, I mean there's a whole generation like Zach that this is their Spider-Man. The generation I grew up with was the Hobgoblin. And the uh Secret Wars, that was my generation. JR was the seventies, I imagine, right, JR? Oh yeah. Yeah. So every generation has their Spider Man. And strangely, a lot of them, he's married. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, Stella, I was
5: actually reading the first Clone Saga when it came off the stand, so that's how old I
1: am—seventy-five or something like that. I was being conceived. Uh, in a- <laughs> <Yeah>. Whoa, <laughs> Stella, was this it, this predates your reading, doesn't it? Fifteen years ago.
0: Yeah, it does, but I'm yeah. not. Um you know, unfamiliar with Ben Riley. But what might go I'm just I'm just happy that um that this is coming out, you know, and Zach isn't like a geriatric old man or something and can't appreciate it. So I'm glad yeah, it's coming yeah, out yeah, this yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> um <My> I, cane. <laughs> Um, And similar to junior I'm also intrigued. I'm just interested in how this is going to go, and if he does go off into um, a series, is it going to take place contemporary to what's going on now, or if it's going to be in the past in some sort of untold tales of Ben Riley? So that will be interesting to see.
1: But mainly, we're happy for you, Zach.
0: <laughs> Aww. Really,
1: really, that's honestly, when I heard this, I'm like, this just made the dude's day. Uh, yeah. Because you've been talking about this forever. Uh,
3: you know, it's been one of those, since, since really, since Spider-Man 75, I've been wanting to Ben Riley rally book.
1: <laughs> so... You know, another interesting thing in the podcast, I'm giving you like the Reader's Digest version. but um, Check it out. They were talking about how they really didn't want Norman Osborn to be the, the main bad guy behind the Clone Saga. They thought it took away from the Gwen, Gwen Stacy death. JR, what do you think of that? I mean... I mean, we're loving Norman now, though. Well, I think uh,
5: I I think uh, Norman was the only answer uh, mm. to the Clone Saga. I mean, I know that people say that Harry could have been or Doc Ock could have been, uh, but mm. to me, uh, Norman was uh, the only per- as as if they had wrapped it up within their, the original six months, it might, it would have been yeah. different. Uh, but after they dragged it on for two and a half years, and they already blew. Um, You know, they already blew one mastermind, the Jackal, out of the water, and they said, "Well, no, there was somebody really even bigger manipulating him." Um, Really, Norman was the only one big enough uh, to um, to be able to do this. But I mean, man, there was a there
1: was a lot of there was a lot of outrage when they brought him back, though.
5: Oh, I know, but uh, I don't, you know, I don't listen
1: to those people. Yeah, it was mainly me. Uh, (laughs) But I, I I will admit this: I was wrong. I'm glad that they brought Norman back. Give me 15 years ago, I was pissed. Uh, let's see, moving on to another topic. Uh, we were t- kind of hinting about this earlier in the show, about uh, having a prostitute in a Spider-Man comic. Uh, it <laughs> seems like my website's been banned over on the uh, marvel.com message boards for some reason. The uh, They said that my site isn't an all-ages site. I have uh, scantily clad MJ pictures deep in my site, so that makes the whole whole site tainted. <laughs> so, the, uh, the, uh, what, what, what's the guy's name? Uh, Dragon, uh, Dragon Wolf. Dragon Wolf. He's the admin for the Marvel.com message board. Said that uh, no links to my site can be posted on the Marvel.com message board. Because that message board is an all-ages group. So, Kevin. Oh, okay. is <laughs> Kevin first? No. So, <laughs> Kevin's his biggest fan. What do you think? Of us being banned over there when they have prostitutes uh, running around in Spider Man comics. <laughs> we,
4: uh, we, of course, for anybody that's not reading our message board, first off, why? But, um, <laughs> we had probably what turned in like 14 pages of thread on this on the message board, and, yeah, yeah me and the guy kind of headed out a little bit, but the origin of the whole thing was that, uh, our poster, Miles Warren, is also on Marvel.com, and he was nice enough months ago to put up a thread over on marvel.com for spider-man crawlspace the web series that i'm writing and uh well that uh when i finally got out a new issue and updated that thread next thing you knew the thread had been deleted not just not just locked or anything but seven pages of the thread was actually deleted right. and of course uh mr dipwad says that it was, just a, <laughs> it was a website glitch Deleted yeah. my thread. Okay, that's whatever. But so he he says that we can't have any links over to the site because in the images section there are a few scantily clad Mary Jane pictures. And my thing about that was most of the posters on the message board had no idea those damn pictures were there until this idiot yeah. brought them up and then posted them on the message
1: board. So I don't know if he's trying and I, to. And I, I don't like to get into politics of website fighting, but I just thought it was a, a very poor argument.
4: Yeah, it mean, was, especially when a lot of people brought up things like, you know, if you link to Wikipedia, you yeah. can get into very, very graphic descriptions and images of sexual positions, and we're talking graphic graphic. And he says it's different like, because like it's not the, a comic the, book the, website. The, yeah,
1: like the thwip position. I mean, I, I think I spelled everything right on that one, description, but uh anyway, <laughs> it, it's when they have prostitutes running around in Spider-Man comics, they have uh the heroes for hire anime section that looks like uh anime porn. Yeah.
4: Uh, well, I a I lot mean, of people pointed out with the uh I I hesitate to even bring this up, but with the hooker scene in that issue of Amazing Spider-Man, if you look at the art when Venom is attacking the hooker, Right. If you look at the placement of where one of the tentacles is, it really looks like some of that terrible tentacle rape porn because it's just going right up there.
1: <laughs> terrible tentacle rape <laughs> porn. Well, yeah. I, anyway, they they can't link to their own images from their own publishing department. I just find that confusing.
3: Well, Brad, so, can, can I can I uh,
1: hit it, Can, can hit we it call part.
3: you the porn master now? I mean,
1: <laughs>
3: instead of the webmaster, you're the you're the porn yeah. master. I mean, th- this was this was absurd. Um, this guy and what really what. Further exasperated, the point was, you have all these you have all these posters. At least what ten of them, Kevin?
4: That, oh, that 10 have, to fifteen at least. Ten to
3: fifteen posters that had that had mm. been banned from the Marvel boards because they had had a official one more day, brand new day anti uh, thread that they then they pigeonholed it to one thread, and then these people, you know, when they they lock that thread, and then they got banned for for even mentioning the thread. Um, I think I have one guy. That was a ban for mentioning Ghost Whisper in the mm-hmm. Spider-Man board. Um, so, I mean, this guy—I want to call him an asshat because I, I it, 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 because <laughs> that, that's the best way of describing him. Um, yeah. but, uh, he and he—he he sits there and he—he he, all he was was argumentative. He didn't contribute anything to the message board. If he had, you know, even tried to contribute, I would have, you know been a little bit okay but this guy would get, trying to use Marvel's legal department and and it's just it's we're all talking about the same thing in Spider-Man and, and if we can't go to the official website and be linked there then that's just absurd
1: but we've I brought up the point we've interviewed Steve Wacker we've interviewed um, Dan Why well, I, I hit him with the point that Marvel.com recommended me a couple of years ago as one of the best Spider-Man sites Yeah. so anyway any, uh, Michael you had something to say what were we going
2: to say um, fuck them if they can't take a joke. I mean, <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, official message boards for uh, DC and Marvel are not places yeah. where you're going to have any kind of intelligent conversation. On the whole, I'm not. I'm speaking in generalizations, and as we all know, generalizations are always bad. But mm-hmm. I, I really think that. Getting banned there probably brought more people to your site than it not getting banned mm-hmm. because it, it actually caused people to start talking about it. Uh, yeah. At the same time, this guy's a douchebag. Uh, <laughs> asshat douchebag. Capital B, douchebag. And if he wants to come over and try to play the victim, then let him. He's just going to look more like an ass hat than he already does. Yeah. JR, any thoughts? What do you think?
5: I think you guys, by talking about this dude for five plus or more minutes, you're giving him more attention that he and his his opinions deserve. To be honest, I just think you ought to consign him. I think you ought to consign him to the dustbin of history and just forget him. Nice, Stella.
1: Your two cents.
0: Um. All I would have to say is that um, the couple places that you guys do have those pictures, like on, I think it was like, I don't even remember which two there are. But, um, I mean, you actually, you know, state explicitly that, you know, these are adult pictures. It's not like they're there for all to see. You're actually warning people. So I respect that. I think you're taking responsibility for if there are those pictures, they're there. I mean, those are more the adult pics that are in the other, uh, I don't know. But I don't know what Mary Jane thing he's talking about, but... See, so you've did.
1: been here for a long time,
0: and She's no, not an many people here, and
1: she doesn't
4: know where the hell these things are. <laughs> yeah, and, so, and, he had he well,
0: had to do some digging.
3: I mean, he yeah. had yeah. to do some digging.
4: Well, and he of no, course pro- his word is that he's been on the message on the website for years and everything. So I think he was just on the website to look at those pictures.
1: Alright, I'm gonna take JR's advice. We're gonna move on. Uh, another bit of Spider-Man musical news. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood, that we talked about a little bit earlier, has been cast as Mary Jane. I got a video up on the main page if you want to see what she looks like on Jimmy, not Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Jimmy Fallon. (laughs) And, uh, JR doesn't like this news. Alan Cummings, aka Nightcrawler from X-Men 2, has been cast as Norman. So he's a he's a uh, good actor. He was a good in Nightcrawler, but he's a flaming gay man. Uh, Jr. What do you, Jr. Does Norman seem like a flaming gay man? Well, thanks to our gay listeners. I mean, just he's he's openly gay.
5: You know, I you know I've wrestled with that because uh, just uh, just because he's gay doesn't mean he can't uh, ta- pull the part off. Uh, I agree. But he doesn't. He just al- Norman is an alpha male. I mean, exactly. Norman is definitely an alpha male. Uh, this guy is uh, a fairly, from what I've seen of him, uh, he's a yep. fairly slight build. Um, mm-hmm. I And I don't know who they're going to cast as Peter Parker. Um, I mean, they talked about that other dude from that Across the Universe piece of crap that Julie Tramer. Uh, they were directed. talking
1: about uh, Adam Lambert from uh, American oh, Idol. This God. oh, that would oh, real well, that would that oh, would help. <laughs> uh, See, I think Spider-Man could be a little bit less alpha male than Norman. Norman has to be a badass like Norman. Kevin. But, 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 <laughs> but, but Norman doesn't sing, come to think of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the
5: thing. You're talking about a musical, and a yeah. musical just plays by different rules. I mean, we've already got mm-hmm. – I mean, if you've, if you've heard about the the, the the actual story, there's also this mythical female spider figure. That almost seems like a, a gender twist on the J. Michael Straczynski thing. Uh, you know. So, I mean, it's not the Spider Man of the comic books. Um, frankly, I think this is the dumbest idea since the Star Trek opera that was planned at once! Really? So, oh yeah. At once! I never heard of that. Oh yeah. They there oh. was this this is this is several years ago, but they were planning originally planning a Star Trek opera which thank god I you know, I can just imagine Spock saying logical. Why must I be logical? You know, and me <laughs> just throw, you know, and me just throwing up in my seat. Uh I
3: just threw up in my mouth a little bit just Yeah.
5: Yeah, but uh, and that's, well, that's do, the that's uh, only singing I'm doing during this podcast. So I mean, that's a warning for the on um, the message. But I'm not doing any more singing. Uh, but you know, a musical plays by different rules. Um, yeah, you know, and I mean, Alan that, Cummings, Alan Cumming does clean up nice. I've seen him on Mystery. Yeah, he does clean up nice. So yeah. it's just it's uh, I I you know it's not my bag, and uh, I I, I doubt neither. that I'll see it. So,
2: well, Bailey, what were you saying? J R J R hit it on the head. Right. Uh, a musical. Uh, I don't know if anybody besides Stella and I, uh, have actually gone to see a show in the theater. Uh, I
4: used to be a theater guy.
2: Yeah. uh, You know, the – I I just didn't know. I wasn't trying to pigeonhole anybody. I was was feigning offense. Okay, very good. (laughs) I'll say something really offensive later, and we'll make up for that. Anyways, no, but but it's just how (laughs) – how is he going to be able to project the character to the cheap seats is going to be you know the uh the real test of him in this role uh he has a good singing voice uh, I hope it's not too um, heavy because in my experience, he doesn't have a very heavy singing voice um, but I think he can pull it off he's a good actor i mean if you could be in Josie and the pussycats and and come out of that alive and Son of the Mask, I I think you could pretty much do anything. So Wow.
1: I would not put that in my resume. <laughs> now, so Stella, you've been since. in m Stella's been in a musical, right? Yeah. Little Shop of Horrors, right?
0: Yeah, I've been uh, I've been in three different ones. I was also uh Dorothy in Wizard of Oz. Um So I know what it takes, you know, to do it. Um, I think my biggest problem, because I actually respect Alan Cummings as an actor. I haven't actually heard him sing, so I don't think I can comment on that. Um, I think he can probably do dark. Um, And, I mean, I don't really think the fact that he's gay really doesn't mean anything, because I would really guarantee that at least 75% of the male population that are that are on Broadway are gay so that really doesn't mean anything you know if he's a good actor you're not going to be able to tell if someone's gay I actually just don't like Evan Rachel Wood for it that like looking and maybe acting like her that's fine but I just don't like her singing voice and I guess it's perhaps I'm used to actual Broadway stuff um, and, you know, you need to be able to belt it out and actually carry a vibrato and everything. And, obviously, this is rock opera, so it's different, but there are kinds yeah, that are probably better suited for that. Like Idina Menzel was in Rent, and she was in Wicked, and those are two different zon- genres, and she pulled it off wonderfully. I just yes, don't think did. that Evan Rachel Wood has a strong enough voice to do that. So
1: She, she looks the part, yeah, I think. She does. Yeah,
0: I think looking and probably acting she can do, I just don't. The the singing, I'm not, you know, and I'm a little tentative about this whole thing in the first place because I've heard about Superman the musical. I know Michael Bailey has as well, <laughs> and so that did not turn out well. I, I own the cast like, recording. Yeah.
2: Wow.
0: I hope wow. that this is that, not a bomb. So. I, I,
2: will, I will add one thing. If you guys thought this was bad, you all know who Meatloaf is. Oh, jeez.
0: All all, all of
2: his really big hit songs, I Do Anything For Love, the guy, Jim Steinman, that wrote all those songs, did write a Batman musical at one point that I have heard uh, numbers from, and uh, we dodged a bullet on that one, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Was it
3: as bad as Schumacher?
2: Uh, It was a musical version of the first movie.
3: Oh, (laughs) God. (laughs) I I just threw up on my mouth again. Thanks.
4: Uh, one thing I feel I should clarify about this whole prospect, though, is uh, I have a friend who goes to a theater school in Florida, and her friend has actually gotten very far in the audition process to uh, be Peter Parker in this musical. And according to him via her, they are definitely casting two different actors as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And because of that, I'm wondering if they might be casting two different actors as the Green Goblin and Norman Osborn. And just Uh looking at Julie Taymor's quote about Alan Cumming, all she says is Green Goblin. She never says Norman Osborn. Comic Book Resources Hmm. mentions him playing Norman Osborn, a.k.a. the Green Goblin, but that's just an assumption. We may have a completely different actor for Norman Osborn, and I think as the Green Goblin specifically, Alan Cumming would be fantastic. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah, because he's going to have a – I mean, Norman will probably have a – I don't know. I, when I think of the Green Goblin, I think he kind of has like a, has a that laugh. You know, it's kind of a shrill. So that that may
2: be. Well, a, the
4: Green Goblin is is out there. I mean, he is flamboyant. You know, he's got all the cartoon green portrayal you ever see. He's got that just wacky voice, and he's he's yeah. freaking crazy. And I think Alan Cumming would do a great job at that.
5: And he carries a purple purse. So exactly
4: <laughs> <laughs> so that works. He accessorizes.
3: Wow. <laughs> and it's that's true. and it, that's true. FYI, I, I actually did, I was in musicals too, so, uh, I, I'm kind of excited to see this, just, just to see if it's going to be a train wreck. And I, I, by the way, part of the reason I had that little quote unquote game show host voice, I uh, actually played, ch- uh, the radio announcer in Greece my senior year, so, uh, yeah.
1: yeah we had to do an yeah. impression of that on this very podcast once, I did. I did. So, JR, you and I are the only ones never have been in a musical
5: uh well we uh, yeah i've never been in a musical but i have been yeah. in, in high school plays so i was I was actually hawkeye and mash one year
1: so I, I, i'm the only one never in a musical good grief uh i was too busy chasing musical's skirt
3: so fun. uh <laughs> fun fun brad come on now i, I should have
4: i was too busy. i preferred the straight plays myself but i was i was in musicals just because i didn't want to miss a show
1: yeah Alright, uh, moving on to our regular segments, uh, this month of Spider History. We're gonna go back to July 1979, uh, in that month. It looks like the Black Cat made her first appearance in Amazing 194. Did anybody buy that off the spinner rack? Besides <laughs> JR. <laughs> Alright. Yep. All right, it's just J.R. So this is the J.R. and Brad segment. Uh, <laughs> well, I had some notes that I
3: jotted down just, just for okay. just for fun. Um, let, me,
1: let me go through the month first. Uh, 194, July 1979, the title was called Never Let the Black Cat Cross Your Path, written by Marv Wolfman, artist Keith Pollard. And it looks like they went through a couple different covers of that. Uh, and I think I specifically remember... Um, 'Cause they used to do like previews coming up next in Amazing Spider Man. They had one cover and they kinda changed it. They kinda reversed it, it looks like, where the black cat is actually coming face on to you. And JR, do you remember that issue? I'm sorry. What did I say? The black cat to coming to face to on you. I'm sorry. You see the black cat's face instead of her butt in the cover. Apologize. <laughs> JR, do you remember this issue?
5: Uh, yes, I definitely do. I do remember the spring of 1979 very vividly as I was suffering from a case of unrequited love. And so uh-huh. I remember the early Black Cat issues vividly uh, uh-huh. as poor old Spider-Man was desperately seeking love. and in, in the previous issue, Mary Jane had just written him off. <laughs> And yeah. uh, in 194, he's starting to think that things are going right, and if he could only find the right girl, and then the wrong girl just drops right in his lap. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do remember this. It was a, it was a, it was a good story. I mean, she was a compelling villainess. Uh, this was during the Marv Wolfman era, and if you read that issue, Marv had. All kinds of good subplots going. I mean, uh, it was, you know, we had one of those, does JJ Jonah, does Jonah know that Peter's Spider-Man because, you know, it was Hennedy pulled off his mask when they were joined by Professor Smythe's bomb. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, Peter's now working for the Daily Globe after Jonah fired him. Uh, April, May, uh, this reporter for the Globe is uh, trying to uh, get to know Peter better and he keeps blowing her off. Uh, and then of course the burglar is back. Yep. And, you know, it's leading up to Amazing 200 and the burglar is, uh, threatening the head of a nursing home, uh, you know, because, where Aunt May is currently staying at. And of course it's not revealed yet just who the head of the nursing home is, but the burglar has bitten off a little more than he can chew by threatening this guy. So who, it was... Who was the nursing home guy again? Ludwig Reinhardt, who is... Who is that? Well, he <laughs> is an alias. Uh, okay. It was the same name used by this villain in issue number twenty-four when he was trying to—he was pretending to be a psychiatrist trying to get Spider-Man to reveal his identity. Oh. It Stereo. is Stereo. Stereo. Stereo.
1: I got Gotcha.
5: So anyway, but no, I mean it was. It, this was a good era. This was a good era of Spider-Man mm-hmm. uh, under under Marv Wolfman, and he had a lot of good stories going. And uh, I, I enjoyed this run. I mean, every issue seemed to matter, and uh, it's a shame yeah. that it came to such an abrupt end uh, in the early two hundreds.
1: So, as, you, as Black Cat was getting a girl, was it you going after your first girlfriend, or what was what was going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> what was? What I, I guess I guess,
5: had... I guess I opened the door to this, did? I?
1: I know. Well, I had to I, hear about. I it. I,
5: was, I was in a church play, and I just fell okay. head over heels in love with some girl during the holidays. She was yeah. a year older than I was. She was a really nice girl and she put me down without putting me down hard. I mean, it was, she, I, I'll never forget her because of how she handled it. Uh, but uh, I just was completely smitten with her. But she was older, she was already seeing somebody and, you know, by now she's been married twice and, you know, whatever. So. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, it, it was, it was my first major crush. So I really remember, right. I mean, those, the, I mean, that, that, you know, that's what I've said too about my website. I know that I, one of the criticisms of my website somebody made once was that, you know, I bring in a lot of my personal life, uh, you know, and, and somehow it always get, I always get back to talking about my kids or Star Trek. Uh, but as, as I've said before, Spidey Kicks Butt could also be called Spider-Man and me. Because, I mean, he's been awesome. a, he's been a, I mean, crap, a major, he's been a part of my life for a long time and he's, uh, You know he's uh, he's he matured and along the same lines that I did, Um, and until one more day, of course. So you know that um, anyway. That's getting more in depth than.
1: That's all right. One little Uh, little fact about me: my first girlfriend's name was Felicia. Ah. Uh, (laughs) Irony of ironies. Irony, irony. Also, this month, Marvel team up uh, number eighty-three. Uh, Spider-Man's Teaming Up with Nick Fury, written by Cl- Chris Claremont, and artist Sal Buscema. JR, do you remember this one? Marvel Team Up, oh absolutely
5: not. I stopped by at Marvel yeah. Team Up after the uh, Captain Brett yeah. team up around se- 65 or something, so
1: no, I- Also, Spectacular Spider-Man, I'm sorry, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 32 came out, written by Bill Matlow, artist Jim Mooney, a uh, story titled A Zoo Story. And I think this issue was leading up to where he became Spider Lizard. Remember that? Yes. So.
5: Yeah, this 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 issue. <coughs> excuse me. This issue was Peter's first day at grad school. Uh, okay. This is and this uh, this is another era where Spider or uh, Spider Man had just after two years of being pretty mediocre. Uh, spectacular Spider Man was finally starting to take off. And, yep. uh, Mantlow, uh, put him in grad school and introduced him to Deb Whitman and, and some other characters. So, uh, this was, um I mean, this, this was a good era
1: of Spider-Man. It really was. Yep. Yep. He also made a, an appearance or maybe a cameo. Well, he's on the cover of Uncanny X-Men number 129, again written by Chris Claremont and artist John Byrne. Do you he remember was, this
2: one, anybody? He was in there all of like three seconds. He popped okay. down, talked to Scott Summers. And the girl he was—was was this when he was with Gene, or was this when he was with that girl he was pseudo dating? Candy? Yeah. Or no?
1: What was it, what was that girl in Team Up uh,
2: Jr. that you never? Uh, remember. Oh, you're
1: talking
5: about who Peter dated in Team Team yeah, Up? Yeah. No. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think Mike was talking <laughs> about who, who Cyclops was banging. So. Oh, Cyclops <laughs> is banging Gene Grey. I but think.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, he was in there for like 30 seconds and gone. Nice.
1: It seems like he also made a cameo this month in the, uh, the classic Godzilla, King of the Monsters, issue number 24, titled, A Low and Child Shall Learn Them.
3: A one-page <laughs> appearance, by, actually.
1: one-page appearance. Yeah. Also, J. Jonah Jameson and Jill Robertson also made an appearance. Evidently, Godzilla walked by the Daily Bugle Probably. in this issue. <laughs> so, a good month in spider history. I'm thinking.
3: Yeah, this is also the time where Saturday Night Fever would sweep the nation. I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. I just had to say it. Disco historian Zach. There you go. Yeah, this was also the
2: time I almost died. (laughs) You
1: almost
4: died?
2: Wow.
4: I almost died in
2: 79. I was, I was about an hour or two away from Three Mile Island at this point. Okay. And on March 28th, it did a good job of trying to melt down. So, no one remembers us? No, I do. Well, I was like five, but <laughs> so yeah. yeah I, you know, remember, I remember. That, that's what back. that's what I remember of the.
1: Well, it's it's based on the movie The China Syndrome. The China Syndrome was based on that, right? Yes. Yeah. Damn that! Uh, what's her name? <laughs> and Michael Douglas. Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Anyway. Damn Jane Fonda. For <laughs> shanae jane. <laughs> what Stella?
0: Oh, just because I've actually read this. Uh, read Amazing Spider-Man 194. Um, uh uh-huh that I think one of the key things that everyone remembers Black Cat for is, like, um, raising Spider-Man's mask and kissing him, and I think I've seen that in every media since that issue because it's been in, you know, the 90s TV series. Um, It's been in, I think, some of the games. I've seen it in the new TV series, so I think everyone will always relate that sort of half-mask kiss uh, with Black Cat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She always raises. Was she the first female to do that? Going to Jr. for that one. Yeah, the first man. Yeah, sorry. Do you I think, so, you I think, so,
5: but I'm not sure. To be absolutely honest, I don't know if Princess Street Python or... tried it or not, but uh, it was. It's certainly wow. the most memorable one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you know what, I think. The black cat in spectacular Spider-Man during the 80s was the first upside down kiss I ever remember seeing. I think I posted an image of that a couple of years ago where they used a scene in the first movie. But I think the black cat got an upside down kiss before Mary Jane ever did.
3: Well, I think uh Bertoni Beetle needs to
1: get on it and put it in the Spidey Memories part. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. We're moving out of seventy nine. We're going to two thousand and late. Uh never mind. Sorry, a little black eyed piece. Uh let's plug uh the crawl space comic. Kevin, you have a new issue out, sir.
4: Yeah, finally the uh Kevin Smithian wait is over and I got crawl space number six is up right now. Spider Man Black part four. And the full out origin of The Black Spider, which if you haven't read number five yet, read that ending. I'm not gonna blow who it is, but it, it's pretty damn big.
1: Yes. By the way, I've read issue five, loved it, uh-huh. and I still, I still need to write a review for you, but I really, I, I dug it. So you, you get an A out of me.
4: Ah, thanks man. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to read <laughs> I miss those Brad Douglas
1: reviews. I, I, I like the twist. I haven't read six yet. I've been busy. I've been dealing with clones. Well, you're uh, you're better than most
4: people at that point, then, because most people looked at the ending of number five and said, "Holy hell, that's crap," and then they had to the number six and say, "Okay, I actually
1: liked it." Were you saying Zach? Uh, well,
3: I was going to tell Kevin. I'm going to quote a uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, Team America: World Police, and and say, <laughs> "You sir, you have bolts. I like your bolts because like <laughs> this issue,
1: like in a China shop. What are you talking about? Bolts." <laughs> <Bulls. laughs> Same like, like Running at the race Oh, test! I- I'm like running with the running in the streets with bulls. That, that, <laughs> I'm that just doing it in the
3: ad- <laughs> I like oh, your oh, um, I think,
1: <laughs> but, but man,
3: Kevin, you you rocked. Uh, uh, did I catch you off, Brad? Are oh, uh, you done?
1: No, oh, no, my wavos are fine. <laughs> 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 but,
3: but, no, Kevin, Kevin pulled out all the stops to this issue. You can tell how much t l c he put into it I mean the the uh the the Richard and Mary Parker are more fleshed out in this one issue than they ever have in the past forty years um I really enjoyed it uh some people complained about oh well it's you know it it, it focuses there's really not a whole lot of plot advancement but when you get such an engrossing story like this uh, the story of this character the black spider I won't give the uh, name away the alias away but um you really, it's like, it's like eating a sandwich and uh, the biggest sandwich you can possibly get and being full afterwards. You know, it's, it's, it's that feeling of, of, man, I just accomplished something. And, and you really,
1: five, five dollar crawl space. <laughs> sorry well, i couldn't resist well, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yesterday i had subway for lunch so it's okay
1: uh, i can tell
3: um so i really kevin you you did a great job the um the covers are excellent um uh excellent covers i really really dig scott larson need i, I need him we need him on american son because he, he's yeah. uh, he's just a phenomenal artist.
4: Um, Larson is just amazing old school type of guy, great artist, and you know he's one of those that I'm just trying to hang on to him for covers for this thing uh until somebody inevitably realizes what they're missing in the industry and steals his ass away from me, and I'm shocked it hasn't been done yet, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And you were, you were thinking about hanging up the webs a little bit. That that was the, what caused the uh, delay a little bit. At partially. Of course, I think anybody that's read yeah.
4: number six and sees uh, how much it really took understands a big reason that it took as long as it did. But uh, another reason would be that I had some personal troubles in my life, but those personal issues also led to thinking that I was going to end crawl space because I just didn't feel like I, I had to drive for it anymore. Um, well, I... Not something I like to talk about too much, but I had a couple of deaths in the family at the time. And that when you have all that hitting you right at once, it really yeah. reorients your priorities.
1: People but, people need to realize this is our hobby. We do yeah. this for fun. Yeah. We do this for escapism. We we have regular nine to five jobs in the life. So this is just yeah. the cherry on top or the huevos or whatever they are. <laughs> but I would say
4: posting... Even though I've gone back on that now, posting on the message board that I was going to end it was the best thing I could have done because that was followed by just pages and pages of just really great outpouring of love and support from the people on this message board. And I've said it a million times, but the fans on SpiderManCrawlSpace.com really are some of the most amazing people and the most amazing fans a person could have, especially somebody like me that is a, a complete amateur at this and they're all just yeah. so generous and
1: it's, it's kind of like cheers on the internet it's like a bar that you like to go to yeah but
4: the, all these comments are You're really but that uh, <laughs> to keep going because people just yeah. seem to love this so much and i had so many people say man this is my only comic book fix these days this is my only real spider-man fix and i they're all so good i just want to keep doing it for them
1: right so cool. So check it out. Uh, he's got his own forum on the message board where he can read the issue and then comment and talk to the other fans. And also another original comic on the site is Crawl Space Avengers. Zach, tell me about that latest issue. And I'm on the cover, and I look like – I think I'm a little bit old on the cover. No offense to <laughs>
3: Well, uh, you know, we, we went off your uh, – <laughs> He went off your your picture and I he forgot to put I told him I said put some more hair on his head. <laughs> I mean if this, is, if
1: this is if this is fan fiction I want a full head. To him.
3: <laughs> I told him next time we're just gonna you're just gonna shave the sides and be uh, Lex Luthor bald or uh, okay. Mr. the Sha- or Shaft you know. A badass Is, bald guy.
1: Excuse me. What you What? what? <laughs> <laughs> Stop with the show. Oh, of... <laughs> okay. Um
3: Okay. But uh, this issue kind of uh, ties into into last issue mainly. Um, we inter- we kind of get more into the uh, we have a conversation between Brad Douglas and uh, Mark Stone, and we kind of the uh, one complaint about the issue that I've heard was the uh, kind of going back in time thing because time travel hurts most people's heads. Um, I uh, I. I, we uh, we've gotten a pretty positive response about it. It's not getting obviously it's not getting as many uh, as many views as Mister Mister Cushing's amazing amazing book. But uh, I managed to even throw a plug in there on the on the front page for for Kevin too. So cool. um has been
4: an incredible supporter to me, and um, I've been checking out his. I I got to admit, even though I I really enjoy writing fan fiction, I don't read it <laughs> much. <laughs> like even though I really enjoy doing podcasts, I don't tend to listen to them. But because Zach's been such a, a great and vocal supporter of crawlspace Space, I, you know, I had to check out the CSA, and the crawlspace Avengers, and I've been very impressed with the work Zach's put forth. He's he's created something that works on several levels for different people. If you're somebody that's really an integral part of this website, somebody that listens to the podcast and knows the people, you can go in here and you can see all his riffs, on us, really, and the kind of people we are. And he puts in a lot of little Easter eggs and things about that. And and he writes it really fun that way, so you can kind of visit with your friends once a month. But for people that maybe don't know us, don't have any idea who we are, he's created such fun, well-rounded characters that just have this great dialogue and interplay that it doesn't even matter if they have any idea that there's a real Kevin Cushing out there or a real Brad Douglas. They can just read this... And have a fun ride with these characters, and I think before too long they're going to feel the same way I do, where you can just visit with these people that you like every month, even if they don't know we're real. (laughs) The character interaction in this series is really, I always look for character interaction in anything I read, and this is really definitely some of the good stuff. You know, the the barbs between characters, the relationships, we're already forming some complexities of character. I mean, I I really like the way I'm written, and that's... uh, first for me to be able to say that, but zack Well, you have job. you have hair <laughs> and <laughs> fangs,
1: and Frank's fangs, fangs. fangs. Yeah. oh fangs.
3: He is a, hot dogs. A, he likes hot dogs and and, and vampires and or he, he is know. a vampire and uh...
1: <laughs> check out uh, Zach's book on the message board, Crawl Space Avengers. All right, recommendations time. Stella, we haven't heard from you in a while. What do you recommend this month?
0: Uh, let's see. This past month, I actually read three different books, so I would just zip them out there really quickly. The first one I read was Atonement by Ian McEwen. Um, the movie was fantastic, and so I thought, well, I think I'm going to really, I'm going to read this. Hopefully, it'll be. Um, as good as the movie, if not better, which books are usually always better. But it really is. It gets into sort of that complexity of everything. Um, I like the ending in the book better than the old woman ending in -hmm. the movie, but I recommend that. The second book I read was A Walk in the Woods by Bill Bryson. It's actually a nonfiction book. It's uh, This guy decides to walk the Appalachian Trail, um, and it's actually really funny, which is strange. You wouldn't think that uh, funny things would be happening on this trail, but I do recommend that one. And the third and final one is The Code of the Woosters by P.G. Woodhouse, and it's actually one of a series, and it just follows uh, this guy, Bertie, Bertie Wooster, um, and his, his butler, Jeeves, and Bertie just gets into all sorts of trouble, and it's always Jeeves, this guy who says very little, who gets him out of it, and it's a very, it's a, I guess a, an early or mid, uh, 20th century novel, and it takes place in England, um, but it was, it was very, very amusing, and it kind of reminded me of, um, let's see, thinking of the Oscar Wilde play, uh, anyone help me out? No?
2: Arsenic
1: and nope. Old Lace. <laughs> Arsenic and Old Lace is that what uh, you
0: said. Yes. No.
1: No. Importance of Being Earnest.
0: Yes. Thank you. Wow. Yep. So you those would so be smart. the three I recommend <laughs> for this. Oh, goodness.
2: Uh, Bailey, what do you recommend, sir? Got three recommendations. One sure. is uh, comic-related, actually comics. I'd recommend all of the Batman titles right now. Uh, Batman and Robin has been pretty good though I'm waiting for the inevitable Morrison suck ending. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he always goes off the rails right there at the end. Uh, Detective Comics, written by Greg Rucka, who is one of my favorite writers, uh, had a solid opening, uh, and it has a question backup, which I'm kind of ha- happy with. Red Robin, not quite liking how they're the ha- treating Tim Drake. The
1: ham- The hamburger shop? Red Robins? No. Exactly. <laughs> okay, nobody's heard of Red Robin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've Have heard a- of it. Okay.
2: S- streets of Gotham was good. Gotham City Sirens is a little too cheesecake for me. I'm probably not going to be sticking with that, but it was written well. But best of all was Batman by Judd Winnick. I was really surprised because normally I don't like his work. Uh, also have a magazine to recommend, mm-hmm. uh, Back, Back Issue, which is coming out this week. Uh, latest issue of Back Issue has a pro-to-pro interview with J.M. DeMatteis and Mike Zeck.
0: Nice. about
2: Craven's Last Hunt, but it also features my very first published article. Whoa. I, uh, yeah. Ooh. I uh, wrote an article about the Luther Brainiac makeover from 1983, and it's being published, and I'm really excited about that. So, yes, I'm using my recommendations to pimp myself. Uh, what was, one more time, what was the name of the magazine? Back Issue magazine. Okay. I'm going to have to go look for that. And nice. for, uh, tomorrows.com. Uh, Tomorrow's Publishing puts it out. And finally, a a novel called It's Superman by Tom DeHaven. This came out at the end of 2005, and it is a great take on Superman's origin. It is set in the 30s, and you have this very sweeping story where you're dealing with a Clark Kent coming to terms with who he is and what he has to do uh, (laughs) set against the backdrop of the Great Depression. Uh, DeHaven really captures the 30s. I mean, half the names he references as far as movie stars and musicians, I don't know. But the fact that he listed them all impressed me. I'm like, wow, I actually feel like I I am in this time period. And And if you get a chance to find it on audio, a guy named Scott Brick read it. And I don't usually like to listen to novels on tape because I like to read the novel, but I found in this case, it really brought the story alive in a way that just reading it didn't. So those are my recommendations. Kevin? Well, uh, Bailey
4: kind of took one of mine, but uh, just to, I guess, further elaborate, I've read the first issues now of all the new and relaunched Batman books, and out of all of them, I highly recommend Judd Winnick's Batman. Um, I'm kind of alone in this, but I really didn't like... Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin, everybody else seems to, but I just, I had a problem with the villains, it seemed like it was just kind of creepy and disgusting for the sake of being so, and I don't enjoy that, but Winnick's Batman, to me, is the kind of Dick Grayson as Batman book that I want to read, and if you're somebody like me who's a fan of character and who's a fan of that character in particular, I recommend reading the solo Batman series because that was just fantastic. Um, I'm also going to recommend Dark Reign Electra, the miniseries. Uh, I've not been following Dark Reign that much, and that's not the point, but I I really like the character of Electra, but I don't feel like she's ever had a really good solo series. And what Zeb Wells is doing with the series, <laughs> and Clay Mann's doing art that makes it feel a lot like the recent Daredevil books, uh, it's just really great stuff. Uh, Electra is fairly wounded, so she's mostly silent through the whole thing, but she's just as dangerous as she's ever been we've got her fighting bullseye as the dark rain hawkeye and it's really really solid work i'd love to read an electro ongoing by these guys if you like that character at all pick it up um tv recommendation i think i recommended this back during its early run three or four years ago but uh if you were like me and drifted away from rescue me because it honestly started to suck out loud in its third and fourth seasons come on back I've been watching the fifth season of Rescue Me, and it is back to just some excellent, excellent character drama. Some of the best serialized, dramatic entertainment you're going to watch. It's been extraordinary almost week in and week out with very few little misses in there. But uh, they're doing some great work. So if you've never watched it, check it out. And if you drifted away because it lost its way, come on back because they're better than they've ever been.
1: Nice. And I love Dennis Leary. He's great.
4: He does a good job.
1: Uh, Anything else, sir?
4: Um, i tell you what, I'm going rec- to go really offbeat and recommend a kind of party yep. you should have. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey,
4: I'm, I'm party okay, planner, I'm taking, notes.
3: I'm taking notes, hang on. <laughs>
4: my my okay. brother had this idea a few months ago, and I thought it was the weirdest freaking idea I'd ever heard, but he's kind of a, an offbeat guy, and he likes old-fashioned stuff, so he wanted to have a wine, bread, and cheese party. Where nice. literally, we all just went over to his house and sat around uh, his kitchen table, with some you know candlelight and some good music playing, he baked uh, 11 loaves of four different kinds of breads. We all brought some cheeses and some different bottles of wine and you know it was just it's like being around the table with your friends for dinner but you're just there for hours and you've got good stuff to snack on and sample. I'm personally not adventurous with the way I eat, but I tried these strange cheeses and they're all very tasty it just and we tried it again with some of my other friends this weekend and once again just had a great time. So, I recommend you give that a shot. Just have everybody bring a bottle of wine, a little bit of cheese, find some <laughs> bread. It's just a it's a good laid-back atmosphere and you can find some stuff you didn't think you'd like. I recommend that. Is,
2: that sh- is if you're old enough to do so.
1: Yeah. If you're ha- it's trip. an
2: all ages party.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> I, that's that's going to be one of my favorite recommendations. That was one of the most offbeat, but it's a good idea. I like that. <laughs> Uh, Zach, are your recommendations? Well, I was- Your B- BYOB hard lemonade party. <laughs> and, no, actually, I was going to do toga party, but
3: that's too generic. But uh, okay. <laughs> um,
1: my recommendations. My first
3: recommendation, number one, if you are not or you have not watched Spectacular Spider-Man on Disney XD, do it now. The <laughs> second, if anybody was disappointed by the end of the first season, because um, some people didn't like Venom. Uh, pick it up now because they, they pick it up and hit the ground running and it's uh, there are four episodes in i have not watched the latest episode but um they're uh, the first three episodes were fantastic they had mysterio speaking of mysterio and and um he the theatrics were, were hit every single beat um you just feel like that this is so tightly constructed and, and you really want it to go on longer than you know the 30 minutes that it goes um it's it's just awesome, and I can't think of a better sh- better kid show that's Spider-Man-related that I've ever seen. And it's Yeah, they had Stan Lee in the very first episode, yeah. Uh, he played a guy named Stan. That's kind of ironic. <laughs> it a stretch. Yeah, you know. <laughs> a little bit. And it looked just like Stan Lee. It's like, okay, a guy named Stan playing Stanley looks like Stan Lee. Talks like Stanley, it probably is Stanley. Just kidding. <laughs> he kind of flexes
4: flex his acting chops. You know. <laughs> yeah,
3: no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so he can have better roles in the in Iron Man 2 movie and the Avengers movie. Um, mm. I was going to recommend Crawl Space Avengers, but seeing as how we, we plugged it already, I would I just yeah. just read it now. And uh, if
1: you've not hey, plug pl- pl- plug your website, you have a daily clone thing. Going yeah, we on
3: we are Spidey.com is is undergoing a somewhat of a going undergoing a, a metamorphosis. We're looking at the changing a little bit of layout. In fact, I have just recently uh, "quote unquote" hired B Dog to do some uh, some graphic work for us. Um, nice. Uh, so we've he, he's been the colorist for all of my, my Crawl Space Avengers uh, covers. So he's been a, an invaluable member to the to the boards. Uh, Bertoni Beetle is my newest mm-hmm. and latest and greatest contributor. Uh, he's somewhat of a critic of the podcast. He kind of makes fun of us because we uh, we have our inside jokes, but uh, <laughs> and we laugh too much. But um, he is no. He's a, he's a good guy. He though. is a great guy, yeah. and 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 we've yeah. what we and Br- I've always kind of we. Will, uh, Brad always says has always said Bertone beetle, but it's Bertoni. Just uh, FYI, if you're reading the. I haven't gotten to the message board questions. Uh, Lay
1: off. I'm just asshat. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, we're we're, we're going to have daily updates and and more Clone Saga stuff. Obviously, uh, we're also in, the, in in the works of doing a Clone Saga centric podcast. So I uh, maybe do you know doing that. Uh,
1: don't be. Be my thunder, damn it. Uh,
3: I'm not looking to steal <laughs> your thunder. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be very item specific. We're just doing Spider-Man, uh, uh, Clone Saga. Nothing got else.
1: Recommendations of Clone Sagas at the end. I'm kicking your ass. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: my recommendation. I'm going to recommend this until the the miniseries is over. If you, you go pick it up. Go pick up the miniseries and make me a happy man. So, (laughs) and uh, last but certainly not least, um, those of you, and I know I'm behind on my reviews, and and Brad, you can crack the whip like Whacker does on Brennan, but um, uh, Spectacular Spider-Girl is amazing. Uh, Kevin, I think you would like this arc because it's especially dark. Uh,
4: I'm I'm hoping they're coming out with this in trade because, honestly, as interested as I am, I'm not willing to pay $5 per issue for... Just a, a Spider Girl, yeah. Story. I, I've I got. Agree. I've actually got the the last trade of uh, Amazing Spider Girl from Mail Order Comics. I just haven't read it yet, so I'm looking
1: forward to that. Five dollar Spider Girl. <laughs> <Sorry>.
3: <laughs> That's <laughs> gonna wow. be our joke,
1: I guess. Uh,
3: but it, it, Tombstone has not been this. Honestly, Tombstone has not been this badass since uh, Demateus and Salvi Sima did that three issue arc in Spectacular or Spectacular Spider Man. Uh, I think it was 201 through 203, pulling my pulling my best impression of Jr.
1: So a lot of recommendations, of Zach. Jr., what do you got, buddy?
3: Uh,
5: well, it's not too many movies that make me wish that I was smoking dope while watching them, but uh,
1: <laughs> what the hell kind of intro is that? <laughs> but, I love I, it.
5: but I found had- one. It's called uh, Idaho Transfer,
1: and it
0: okay.
5: was uh, directed by Peter Fonda in the early 1970s. It's not. Mm-hmm that good a movie to be honest but i'm 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 very sentimental i'm sentimental toward bad 60s and 70s preachy sci-fi because that's the stuff i grew up watching and i and i'd never seen this this little gem here uh basically the story is about uh time travel where a group of young researchers have found out that through their travels that in the future the world is destroyed by or humanity is wiped out by an ecological catastrophe of course and so they go into the future to study it and why it happened, etc. Of course, they don't jump to the time just before the catastrophe happened to learn, you know, but I mean, that's, you know, neither here nor there, I guess. But it has one of the greatest time travel gimmicks I've ever seen. And this was 10 years before the Terminator. All the researchers have to be young because older people over 20 experience organ failure if they travel through time. And... The young girls have to strip down to their panties before they can travel through time.
1: And I think, wow!
5: You know, I mean, everybody talks about what a genius Gene Roddenberry was for creating Star Trek, but God, you know, damn, he didn't think of that one, did he? No
1: doubt. Uh,
5: but you know, like I said, it's it, it's
1: that, w- that would give new meaning to "I'm giving it all she's got," Captain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's give it all she's got. Yeah. Sorry. It's it's
5: like I said, it's a typical. Uh, but it, but it's seventies trashy sci fi, but it's still better than that original crap that the sci fi channel puts out oh, relentlessly.
4: God, yes. Uh and you it's gotta got to higher hard being better than that. <laughs> yeah. It's
5: yeah. it's got um, it's got a couple of neat th- twists. Uh when the young researchers who were planning on repopulating the uh The future (laughs) finds out exactly what time travel does to them, and then there's there's an (laughs) ending that you're either going to hate or you're going to love. I mean, it's just it's either you're going to like it or you're going to think it's totally stupid. But it predates the Matrix by at least 25 years, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, But anyway, that you know, it's just a dopey little movie. But you know, I'm an old dude who likes dopey little movies. So Idaho,
1: more time than bring your ball, Idaho. I was just going to ask, you know what, bring your bong, is that what you just <laughs> said? <laughs> you know what, Sad JR, I think I've seen that. Oh, yeah? And I think I was like 10 or something, and it was on like a late night, uh late, late show movie when I was a kid, and I think I watched it. Did it have two guys and a girl? Were they the research? <laughs> oh, my god. <gosh. laughs> Good God you bastard. Uh well it
5: was um the, well there were girls and there were guys, but I mean it was um they, they were kind of mixed and different. It just wasn't two guys and a girl or two girls and a guy or whatever. Uh it was it was one of Keith Carradine's it was one of Keith Carradine's original roles actually. Uh and uh I like one critic of it. One critic said that the, the actors had to have been paid in pot and pizza because they sure didn't put money
1: into this. So. Yeah. I think I've seen it. Hopefully it's out on D V You've you've intrigued me. JR. Uh let's see my recommendations uh a TV show a DVD a drink and two comic books. Damn. Uh, Everybody settle in <laughs> uh, Well, uh let's uh Nurse Jackie is a Showtime original series just started up. It has Eddie uh Eddie Falco from the Sopranos. She played Mr. Soprano. <laughs> <Mr. laughs> Eddie Eddie Falco. And, uh, she's a nurse that's hooked on drugs and cheating on her husband. So that's good television. I think even Kevin would enjoy that. That sounds like a Showtime show. That's <laughs> a Showtime <laughs> show. They aren't smoking pot, but if they're watching Jared's movie, they should. Uh, also the, uh, DVD. Uh, I went, I found this really cheap. It was a two-season set for 20 bucks. Uh, X-Files, Season 1 and Season 2. I've never watched any X-Files with the exception of the two movies. And I dug it, so I was like, you know what, 20 bucks for two seasons, not a bad deal. So go to your local Walmart and find both seasons. Any any X-Files fans out there?
4: I never cared for it, personally.
1: No. Uh, my J.R. dad was J.R. a huge X-Files fan. I think that's where I get my comic love for. JR seems like he'd like X-Files. Do you like it?
5: I had a hard time getting into it, to be honest. Okay. I mean, I, tr- okay. I tried, but I just really
1: couldn't get hooked on it.
4: I'm just digging it. Anyway, if you think uh, X-Files the- is good, watch Fringe and have your mind blown.
1: Fringe. Which one's French? Oh, I never watched French. French <laughs> is the new one
4: by JJ J. Abrams. And it's, mm. it started mm. off kinda, I didn't like the pilot, but after that it got really, really good.
1: Cool. Uh, the drink, Baja Blast Mountain Dew, oh. available only at, at Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. Taco Bell. Oh. If they, if they would market this stuff, I would buy the metric ton of it. <laughs> <laughs> Have, has anybody had a bo- – it's like a melted blue popsicle, which is my idea of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: Brad, as uh, somebody that frequents Taco used to frequent Taco Bell because it was across mm-hmm. the street from my work, I have drank the uh, – What do you think?
1: It, think? It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's a, If I want something a little different than just regular Mountain Dew or,
2: or oh, Pepsi,
1: fucking hate Pepsi. Can you imagine a pool, you're swimming in a blue liquid pool, a Baja Blast Mountain <laughs> Dew? Would that not be heavenly? I mean, it, I don't, I don't know. It'd be awful, sticky. After I got, ooh, Ste- Stella, Baja
0: Blast, Mountain Dew. Had it, had a drink. I haven't been to Taco Bell in at least two years.
2: Oh damn, Bailey, Baja Blast. Uh, I have severe acid reflux, so I kind of avoid
1: <laughs> Taco Bell. Sorry, the <laughs> like the plague. Okay. All right, Kevin or Jr. Yeah, no. It,
4: it. It made so, me think this must be what it tastes like to have ass in a cup. <laughs> well, oh, uh, that. well,
3: hey, that's just typical. Kevin disagreeing with Brad. <laughs>
4: <laughs> if, if you can't have real Mountain Dew, then what's the point? It's, it's like Mount, No, no, no. Code,
2: code Red kicks ass.
4: Code Red, I do no, enjoy. A, I do enjoy Code uh, Red. But gee, all the other no, Mountain Dews like... have sucked.
2: Oh,
1: good lord! You're banned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, my two comic recommendations. Uh, I think an underrated book that that is out there is Invincible Iron Man, written by Matt Fraction. I have and sh- just gotten
3: into that, Brad, and I oh it. what a great book! It, in it, it, it is it is intense. It's like it's like it's like something to tie you over until you see the next Iron Man movie.
1: And uh, Iron Man Agent of Shield sucked out loud. I oh thought. God! But when they rebooted it, they put these two guys on there. Matt Fraction, as you know, wrote the uh, that. That great, uh, sensational, sensational annual. Start, an, annual, yeah. Just a top notch writer, knocking it out of the park every single month with oh. Invincible mm-hmm. Iron Man. And there, and I like it because there's even, uh, I, and I know Norman is in every damn Marvel book, but he really is getting under Tony's skin. And I love the scene. I'll, I'll spoil a little bit. Uh, Norm or, uh, Pepper Potts is flying, uh, or, no, wait a minute, is it Tony? Somebody's flying to Russia. It's either Pepper or Tony. It's Tony. <laughs> Tony, Tony's flying to Russia. Norman gets the uh, Russian president on the line, says, can I enter your airspace? And the Russian president says, hell no, you were like the Green Goblin or something, screw you. Not everybody's (laughs) behind you. And uh, Norman just tears up his office and just gets outraged at uh, not being able to enter Russian space. So great characterization on that book. The I mean, other, Not only is it uh,
4: Matt Fraction from the Sensational Annual, but Salvador LaRocca also did the art on the Sensational Annual. It's the full team from that annual.
1: Wow. I didn't put that together, but that's true. That's true. Also, uh, the only book outside of Spider-Man that J.R. is reading, Dark Avengers. Great book, month in a month out, Mike Diodato. Love his stuff. His stuff's sexy. It's... it's <laughs> <laughs> you always throw me off the tracks <laughs> with your cuffs and your you sexy lines. Um, I'm bringing sexy Oh, God. <laughs> if you had to pick up one Norman book, Jr., you can probably attest to this. Dark Avengers is it. This is the Norman-centric book.
5: Yeah, so it's a very good book.
1: And we'll give Jr. the last word on this show. Now, before we go, I want to give a thanks to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com, for supporting us month in and month out. They're currently accepting July orders, and their discounts can't be beat. With 38 up to 75% off the cover price of Comics and Trades. An example this month is Ultimate Comic Spider-Man number two. The cover price is four bucks. Mail order has it for $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Gang, we've got one more podcast for July and that one will answer your message board questions. And coming up in August, it will mark the 11th anniversary of the Crawl Space and the 3rd anniversary of the podcast. So help us blow out the candles next month. Gang, I'm Brad Douglas for the spidermancrawlspace.com. Thanks for listening and keep on twipping.